0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash That's plushcare.com slash
1: Chris Evans here. A big thank you for downloading our Virgin Radio podcast coming up on this week's edition of the Best of the Breakfast Show with Sky. Ramush Ranganathan tells us about his mum and wife going toe-to-toe about who cooks him the better food. Astronaut David Mackay is here, the first ever Scot to visit space. Bryony Gordon has some excellent advice for teenage girls. Matt Roberts and Dr Anita Sternham. Check myself and Vasis' testosterone live on the air. Plus loads more great guests. Enjoy, my friends,
2: enjoy. Our next guest has gone from being a maths teacher to one of the busiest and most in-demand comedians in the UK. Here to tell us all about his TV shows Nation and Judge Ramesh and his massive stand-up tour, The Cynics Mixtape. Please welcome the chronic underachiever that is (laughs) Ramesh Ranganathan. Hi Ramesh.
3: Uh, Hello, hello, how are you?
1: Very well. Vasus has a question for Ramesh. So Judge Ramesh,
3: Series 2, Episode 1 of 12. Do you have a
1: gavel? Do you have a gavel, by the way, when you make it?
3: Yes, and I've been told that that's really bad. Um, Wednesday, the twenty second of May, ten pm. So in Judge Ramesh, Ramesh presides over genuine court cases brought before him by the public and serves up his own style of sweet justice. The new series has everyone from a sword swallower trying to resolve his issues with a fire juggler to his own mum and wife arguing
4: over who's cooking he prefers. Are you insane? Are you insane? Have you gone I mad? didn't know that. I didn't know it was going to happen. So uh, it was th- sprung upon you. It was sprung upon me. Yeah. So my mum and my wife turned up, and basically what had happened was I'd been uh, basically my mu- m- my mum had been sending Sri Lankan food care packages to my house, <laughs> and um, and my wife was getting really annoyed about it. And so why? 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 Because she had been like, she's making, f- she's cooked dinner, and then right. suddenly I'd turn up with this, you know, my mom would turn up, or I'd have this carrier bag full of stuff. It's a bit of conflict, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, and so they brought it to the courtroom. But it uh, it went badly. It went pretty badly. I'm not gonna lie to you. How
1: could it not have gone any other way? For heavens' sake, what were you thinking? It might. How how could it have gone other than you idiot?
4: I I know. I didn't. I sort of as they arrived, I thought, oh well, this is bad. I mean, this is bad, and so it proved to be. I didn't save it. Put it. Okay,
1: well, give us because it's a fascinating. Mm. Well done, Vass, for picking up on this, by the way. (laughs) Uh, So so I mean, it must have started bad and just got worse.
4: Well, what happened was is that originally. uh, my wife was bringing my mum to court for cooking for me all the time right. and then during the court case it yeah. they found out well, it, during the during the course of the discussion yeah. it became apparent that I'd been texting my mum requesting these care packs. oh, <laughs> oh no <laughs> no T- twist the dagger why don't
1: you or at least the bread knife and so that is that's oh no wonder you took it to shooting glenn (laughs) hope you're staying in a tree house this explains so much now (laughs) (laughs) i I sense i've just spoken the truth yes
4: that was that was it did it took a turn for the worse at that stage oh
3: my
1: god yeah
4: and then i became the defendant yeah. But mm. well, you're
1: always going to be the yeah. defendant. Yes, there. I know, I the know. The accused, the defendant. Yeah. Uh, so how on earth did this unravel in the wash, if it
4: un- ever unravelled at all? Well, it's still... A, it's. I would describe it as an ongoing issue. I'm actually
1: sweating on your behalf. God. <laughs> I mean, obviously, your mum isn't so much a better cook than your wife. I mean, that goes... I'm reading between the lines here. No.
4: Well, but, why but, would you be but, requesting things from your mum secretly because, by text? Because they, they specialise in different areas, you know? Yeah, one cooks... <laughs> And the other one prepares food in the kitchen that nobody wants to eat. Is that right? What are you doing to me, man? I don't want to go to glen again. Uh, no, I, uh, I am um, basically my 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 wife doesn't make Sri Lankan. So I was, re- I was requesting Sri Lankan cuisine, basically. Right,
1: from your mum who is Sri Lankan.
4: Yes, and my wife is not Sri Lankan. That's a
1: bit unfair. That's like asking, uh, I don't know, um, who's the best dart player in the world?
4: Phil the Power Taylor. Phil
1: the Power Taylor to take on John McEnroe at Wimbledon
4: circa 1982. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't ask them to do a Sri Lankan cuisine cook-off. I. I. I, I it was just that. You, you didn't ask them to, <laughs> but it was in the air, yeah. wasn't it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, what did you? What? Did, what on earth can your wife put up against the 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 food of your
4: childhood? Yes, I know that. From That's, the, from the continent difficult... of your
1: heritage. It, yes, it's difficult. So it's... what did she put up against? She, the poor uh, woman.
4: She. It was fajitas oh, God. versus an aubergine curry in a head-to-head. Right. And they were both delightful.
1: Yeah, shut up. <laughs> oh, oh, that, oh, that's all right then. Okay. okay, peace achieved. They were both delightful. Oh, When was this?
4: This was a couple of months ago.
1: This explains why you're going on this massive tour. You just don't <laughs> want to be at home. Uh, the Cynics Mixtape Tour, 2019-2020. Yes. How, uh, how many dates are you playing?
4: Uh, oh my God,
3: there are so many dates
1: well, here. What's
4: the first leg? I don't know, actually. There's so
3: many, so many curries <laughs> to be had. basically <laughs> away from September the 11th this year yeah. to this time next
1: year. Yeah, <laughs> essentially. So that's 67 uh, takeaways.
4: Pa- yes, packages yeah Yeah. no I'm not getting any Chris (laughs) I don't know what you initially discovered this had happened you said I feel bad for you and now you're properly putting the boot in (laughs) I don't understand why you've taken this strategy I don't mean to put
1: the boot in I can only (laughs) apologise. okay you deserve all the sympathy the world has to offer obviously
2: the best of the Chris Evans breakfast show with Sky Virgin Radio being a teenage girl is very very hard the emotions unrequited first loves everything seems impossible well our next guest has some advice for you please welcome someone that made it through their teenage years with plenty of stories to tell. The brilliant journalist and author of You Got This, Bryony Gordon. Morning, Bryony. Morning. That was lovely. Welcome to
1: the show. Now, uh, mums, um, uh, grandmums, young mums, um, any teenage girls who may be off school for one reason or another, you have to listen to Bryony Gordon, then you have to buy a book, and then uh, the government have to listen, then they have to buy books, uh, Bryony's books, forever for all teenage girls, forever. It's that simple. This book (gasps) is amazing, Bryony.
5: Thank you. It
1: really is. This is a buy this is what it's
5: the, wow well i that's it was like, it's like my own but it's all the things i wish someone had told me at 12 that i'm only really finding out now at 38 and all the things that i've learned like since i came out about my own mental health stuff um in in the press about 6 years ago and i've been really privileged to accidentally get into this sort of mental health community and i was like i need to i need to distill everything that i have learned um into a book also because i've got a daughter and i don't want her to grow up experiencing the same sort of insecurities that I have. Mm. Women, I really feel, and I think it's it's also similar with men, but I think girls feel they have this obligation to pick out bits of their bodies and their cells that they don't like. And they, you know, we're told to keep quiet about periods. And there's so much shame at the very core of our bodies. And I... I'm just done with it. I was like, I, I can't, I I don't want this to be the way my daughter grows up. I don't want her to be thinking that she has to hate on herself and trash talk herself. Um, because at the heart of every bad decision I've ever made, and I've made a lot, um, was having zero self-esteem, you know, or low self-esteem. And at the heart of every good decision I make, which is staying sober because I'm in recovery and... Is, is having, like, as, as having a sense of self-worth, you know, and we're not taught to like ourselves. It's sort of... We're all t- like, when I was a teenager growing up, if someone loved themselves, that was not a good thing. They were up themselves, arrogant, that kind of thing.
1: Your eyes seem brighter, you seem lighter. Um, you ran the marathon, of course, twice, not once, but twice. Yeah. Uh, but yet, yet you weren't over all this then, were you?
5: The first marathon I did, I was not. Like, I stopped drinking for the duration of the running the marathon 2017 i did it i did it i thought it was one of the things where i thought if i turn up to do a marathon i'm gonna i'm gonna beat my demons finally and i didn't and in fact afterwards that was one of the moments where i knew i had to sort my bleep out Because you crashed again didn't you yeah. After the marathon, which yeah, is so I crashed bizarre. And I went to...
1: it's, so, it's so bizarre that it, you did that. It's
5: not bizarre. Sorry, but... no, I didn't
1: mean <laughs> well, I No, no, yeah. no,
5: but I know, but the, like, the narratives that we like, we like kind of beginnings, middles, ends, happy yeah. endings. And actually, what it did was it taught me so much about myself. Yeah. And it taught me, it showed me another way, which was to not. I had, I had one, one way, which was drinking and getting out of my head. And then I'd s- sort of learnt this other way. I was doing it for heads together. Of, of 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 making myself high and happy without having to go to a pub and I and I decide, I crashed and burned and went to rehab and decided to choose. The better way, because even running a marathon
1: is easier than facing your demons.
5: Well, I said I remember when I did it. People were like, you know, it's really hard running a marathon. I was like, I think that's why people do it. Like, you know, obviously it's hard. You know, it's twenty six point two miles. But I always say, running a marathon. I remember at like mile twenty one, thinking, will there ever be a time I am not running this marathon? Yeah. And I remember then people like shout your name and they give you Haribo, and I was like, buck up, Gordon. This You have been through a lot worse than this. Marathon running is hard, but it's no harder than the days when you can't get out of bed at all.
1: If you can't get uh, to where you need to go to buy this book, now, while you're waiting, go to YouTube, by the way, Karen listening to us, and um, and watch this video of the late great poet and author Maya Angelou, because I've not seen this. Tell, oh, us, tell us about that.
5: Oh, God, about what love is. Yeah. It's really powerful, because when I grew up, I thought love was all these sort of unhelpful things, like, uh, I-, I thought it was sort of the... the, the the, the kind of explosive like it was going to happen in a flash and Maya Angelou she does this absolutely beautiful thing about love is saying to you I love you I can't be there for you but I'm here for you and it's about supporting I'm not I'm not going to do it any justice but go and find it because it is the most incredibly moving thing that completely transformed all my sort of unhealthy goals in my life where I sit and still berate my husband because he's not come home with a massive bunch of flowers yeah. and told me I'm beautiful you
1: and- Unicorn.
5: But or a unicorn, <laughs> but he D- damn those
1: fairy tales. But do you know
5: what my husband does do? Is he supports me? He lets me get on with doing my things. He tells me I'm doing a good job. When I'm having a meltdown, which is frequent, he doesn't tell me not to. He just says. You're going to be okay, babes. And that's what love is. But, you know, I, I had so many different notions of what I thought that when I met Mr. Wright, you know, I would... Everything would be... Everything would sort out, you know. I'm like, oh, I've got a bugaboo and a baby and a flat in Clapham. Look at me. And then I have another breakdown and end up in rehab. And, like, what I have really learned is that you... What I say to teenage girls in this book is you were Miss Wright. You don't yeah. need anyone else. Like relationships are lovely and they're great, but they are only part of you. They are never all of you, and you should never let them be. All and of also,
1: you. if something can bring you happiness, it can take it away. Uh, so you're going to go around schools in Great Britain talking to girls about this book. You've come up with a talk to do with this book. If uh, you
5: want to come, if you want me to come to your school and talk to you, or you want me to come to your kids' school, just like come and get me on Instagram.
1: Okay. What's your Instagram? Uh, at Bryony Gordon. At Bryony Gordon. Okay. You need to do a nationwide tour. It needs to be backed by the educational authority and you need to go around schools and you need to take an army of girls with the you, you need to teach them the talk so the talk can be talked forever that's what i think
5: i love you <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: we love you we really
6: we're
7: do. quite we love-
1: we're quite uh, enthused uh, about your book yeah.
7: I'm like, I'm blown away. <laughs> the
6: best of the chris evans breakfast show with sky virgin radio
1: over to Vassos
3: now Vassos, because you're in charge of what's going on next and you're welcome to it I say I'm in charge, or you say I'm in charge. I'm going to say Matt Roberts is in charge. Hi, Britain's uh, top personal boing. trainer. Boing, boing. You may have heard him on the show last week with his new book called Younger, Fitter, Stronger, mm-hmm. uh, the revolutionary eight-week fitness plan for men. Now, you came in brandishing your book, Matt. I did. And, then, um, <laughs> and, and, and this book is basically aimed at people like me and Chris, people in their 40s and 50s and beyond, who can look and feel as good as they did, you said, in their 20s and 30s. And the way you're going to measure it is by testing our testosterone.
8: Now. Right now. And then again in eight weeks, is that right? <laughs> exactly that. So basically we said last week about the fact that you know these levels diminish over time, which is a worrying thing for any guy of the age. Don't look so nervous. It's gonna be fine. So we said we've got to make sure we know where you are. Without knowing where you are, how do you know where are gonna to go to? Mm. So the way to do that is to make sure we can draw a small amount of blood. Only oh, a pint or two. That's all, nothing much. <laughs> and uh, we're gonna check out all the all the key characteristics. Are you to make sure qualified
1: to do blood tests, mate? Me
8: personally. I actually am, but it's not me today. I've got the very glamorous, beautiful Anita Sternum with me. Ah. From Neuris is going to be drawing your blood. Good morning, Dr. So... Anita.
9: Good morning.
3: <laughs> we're we're putting this off, aren't we? What?
9: Well, no what? delaying anymore. i forgot what <laughs> we're That's talking fantastic about. Fantastic Sorry, who is she again?
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, still putting it off, aren't we?
9: Yes, you are. Oh. Would you like me to take your blood? Let's go on. Then. Okay, let's do it.
1: All right. Do you know the bit I don't like about about blood tests or or um, blood pressure uh, tests? It's the it's when they wrap the thing around the your arm. Okay. Yeah. Tourniquet. what It's always called a tourniquet. This is a
9: tourniquet. Okay. It's like an elastic band. Now your
1: outfit today matches your tourniquet. Well, you did that on purpose, of course, didn't you?
9: You know, dress the Okay, as you well. did. All right. So okay. I need your arm this way. Oh, and
1: God. Is it always the left arm?
9: Well, we like to choose your non-dominant arm, ideally, right, but okay. your other arm's too far away from me, so I'm not right, going to be okay. able to access that. Right, okay. So I want you to pump your hands. I'm
1: not very veiny, am I? You're not, no. It's bizarre because I've got terrible, terrible varicose veins, but you can barely find a vein in before. I'm. are
9: a difficult patient for me. then. <laughs> Sorry I'm about that. Stand on your, to wake head. your veins up. The blood to <laughs> <of> your head.
1: <laughs> Is that a part of our eight-week regime? It might well be. Oh actually.
8: no, yeah. no. <laughs> can hang you upside down. So we're did... going to do over eight weeks. I imagine what's going to happen is so we're going to find your results, yep. and in about a week's time, come back, tell you what you actually are. She's trying to find some blood there somewhere. And um, based on based on what we do find, <laughs> yes. if you're fine and healthy and good, well, that's great. That's fantastic. It's not we to might case. not be. If it isn't, then we're going to make sure we'll give you a training program that's going to boost She's it up. She's had to go, go to the other program. arm.
1: <laughs> she can't find the vein in my left arm.
8: Is it because they're all because
1: they've all gone down to my legs? You're a
9: bit dehydrated today,
1: actually. Am I? Oh, not yeah. that's the extra bit. I've had
8: about fifteen.
9: Really, under the weather. So we, we're getting some life in in the arm now. I'm having to tap your arm to get your veins to come.
1: Yeah, that's a like. That's more than a tap, by the way, doctor.
9: <laughs>
3: <laughs> we okay. heard that tap. I'm feeling quite. I've got a dead
1: arm. I've <laughs> before. You
8: know.
9: I just need your arm nice and I can't look.
3: Now. I know. This the thing. It's the thing. It's, it nice it's the perfectly unbroken. Skin. Is it in yet? No, it's no, a stage no. fright, it's basically. Yet. Oh
9: god, is it in now? You've got the tiniest veins oh, ever. Oh no. Oh sorry. Yeah. Is it in yet? Okay, so it's going in. Now. Ow! Ow! Oh, ow! Oh, wow, wow, wow. Really Take a deep breath. You're being really brave. Take deep breath. We have struck gold. Do I get a
0: cookie and some milk? <laughs> a, have, I've
9: been good at the doctor stickers, which you can have All right. Today. Thank
1: you, Doctor Vicky. So, Thank you very much. Indeed. <laughs> Thank you. Anita, <laughs> sorry, Anita. That's I'm okay. going so I'm me, going all You uh, can call
9: me Doctor Vicky if you like. We we can have a who's Doctor Vicky? Who's so well. Doctor Vicky? we're nearly done. Your blood's quite dark, so you do look a bit dehydrated. So, as you know, alcohol is a diuretic, so it's probably, being in the sun and drinking alcohol is probably... i only had one pint by accident. Fluid levels
3: a bit. So, sure. You keep keeping going with this accidental yeah. thing, yeah, aren't thought you? Thought I thought I'd go
9: into Matt's fitness plan. He'll very, to you on your hydration. I feel very put-up on okay, to
1: be we're honest. We're... So, Vasos is going under the knife now. Um, he'll be out for about eight hours. <laughs> I, t- I, said, I said to
3: Dr Anita, don't worry, I'm not going to be such a baby. And then I suddenly realised, I actually... Actually am. <laughs>
9: Don't worry, I'll be, I'll
3: be gentle with you. Two. So it's funny so so my blood is, is very
1: dark which means I'm probably quite more dehydrated, dehydrated than I thought. And yeah. I, I thought you know during the show I'll drink like eight eight or nine cups of herbal tea with honey in.
8: but It might be going in then straight out again. Oh, it definitely does that as well. Yeah. So okay. gotta hang on to it a bit longer. It's so going to change your diet very slightly to make sure you hang on to the water in, in the cells rather than just around the cells. And so have more you. fibre, probably more fibre into the diet, almost certainly. Yeah. So uh, we're going to, to check that out as well. So to make to sure you can the... hang on to it because right, it's yeah. water soluble, it so it stays in the gut for longer and it gets into your cells more readily. Yeah. So we'll try to of that as a change. And then looking at how you then how you rehydrate after you do your long runs. So after you're running, when you're sweating like crazy, all yeah. the, the potassium has a system as well to make sure that you get that back in the system straight after the first half an hour, and then rehydrate you well. It could be as well before you run doing a bit of a water push before you run having a good half a liter before you run to kind of really get the the fluids in retain them a bit longer in the run rather than all coming out of your system so we'll just try and tweak you a bit to make sure you hang on some more water where it should be and make you feel better and And by the way a better color
3: my veins are amazing compared to chris's
8: Or it's not competitive. <laughs> no, to be honest. To
1: be honest, no. I've all. I mean, you had to look on the other arm, didn't you, touch? Yeah. Hayman?
9: You have veins that you can't see. You have to feel for them. They're deep. They're like Zen but they're veins. Also quite empty they're beyond today. sight. They're dehydrated veins. Yeah, all right,
1: all right. You said that once or but twice But when or I three come back and what? take it again, mm-hmm.
9: I should see different story. Then. Exactly, different story.
1: They're just, they're just resting. Water ship down. All right. So is Vassos done now? He's done. Is his blood a better colour, would you He's say? He's also
9: quite dehydrated. Right. Right. <laughs> Come on, brother.
3: <laughs> They're dehydration, the dehydration
9: brothers. No
3: yeah. but he
9: has right. got good veins. You're all right. <laughs> um. Oh, wow. <laughs> <ha>, <laughs> Bastards is darker than mine. <laughs> I've got black blood. <laughs> what happened there?
1: Maybe black is the it's new like red. It's like Star Trek. That's that's good,
8: can we have a look at Bastards compared
1: to mine, <laughs> Dr Don't, don't, sorry, don't. Amy, Vicky, Anita, (laughs) what is wrong with me? One blood test and I'm all over the place. The
6: best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio.
1: So that's three guests down and still loads to come, still to come. Will Williams tells us about sound meditation. Jared Harris and Emily Watson chat the haunting new series Chernobyl. Rocket salad Ronnie O'Sullivan telling us about his unlikely new project, a brand new cookbook. All that
2: and more, but first, Dapper Dave, who's next? She's starred in sitcom. Trodden the boards in King Lear and even shared a snog with Lily James in Mamma Mia, too. And that's only in the last couple of years. Here to tell us about A Nice Cup of Tea, the third instalment of her best selling novel set in the French Riviera. Please say bonjour, madame, to Celia Imre. Morning, Celia. <laughs> Good
1: morning. Right, Celia, A Nice Cup of Tea is what your book's called. It's the third instalment of a story. Mm. And now I said, I said to you yesterday, I said, I haven't read You don't need to, don't worry, it's fine. Mm. Okay, so bring us up to speed then.
10: Well, it's really a nice cup of tea because the first book uh-huh. was called oh. uh, 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 Not Quite Nice you see. see so it goes on I like see. that and, and Nice work if you Based can get it um, but it's um, a group of people who've decided to live in the most beautiful place in the world uh-huh. I think um, and uh, I have great fun making them do the worst things that I can think up, and then the best things that right. I can think up. Um, so, for
1: example, can you talk about them on the radio at this time in the morning?
10: Um, yes. Well, they, they've, they've decided to open a restaurant, and um, not not right. That <laughs> that's I, one, that's one of the worst things you well, can do, well, yeah. Tom, Tom. Well, exactly. And they, they want to do that for. And <laughs> they get into the most terrible trouble. But it's sort of quite theatrical, I suppose, opening a restaurant. I can see the theatre in it, and I don't really know very much about it. Um, but they do. They get into terrible trouble they get you know everything goes wrong and then one of my characters is an ex-actress and she gets uh uh tempted back into being in a film so it's um it's a bit of a roller coaster because things go terribly wrong and then in the end all good
1: how well do you know the riviera
10: Uh, Well, I know, uh, because I go on the train from Paris, right right along the coast, and the last hour is absolutely magnificent, from Marseille all along the coast. So the place that I write about is a sort of made-up little tiny village um, that that is on the coast
1: is it an amalgamation of villages that you exactly, know well exactly mondalia is it would that be part of it yeah yeah a little bit of that going on <laughs> yes. yeah Good. and you you've know when was the first time you went to the riviera
10: because everybody used to go there all the time didn't i they? know i know well you can i'm not surprised i mean uh um i begin my day off with a swim in the sea you see because you do you live there well no. you've got, a I've, got a, I've got a place got a, where how I cool, escaped to, cool is it to have it's a place there. it's so cool and I look out onto the Mediterranean every morning and you go for a swim every single morning you're well there. I do once the lifeguards are there because they're rather handsome so I wait and until handy. they're in position yeah. handsome yes. and handy <laughs> exactly that's,
1: that's good because David Niven famously lived there didn't he in
10: saint jean yes. Cap ferrat I passed his house just the other day and it's
1: got its, got its own harbour can you imagine having a house A in Cap ferrat saint jean Cap
3: ferrat
7: mm.
1: B with its own harbour mm. what the heck is that about mm. well, i want-
3: with you as well it's just the most everywhere you it, f- away from the sea as well with the vineyards and the lavender. It's just the most beautiful place in the world. We're going next week. Can you tell us where where we can buy our our new shoes? shoes.
10: These shoes, Chris, because (laughs) they're very sparkly shoes, which people rather like. I like them. But you have to go to Monte Carlo to get them. You have to go to Monte Carlo. But since you're going there next week.
1: Now, what's the difference between Monte Carlo and Monaco? Because Monaco's so small and Monte Carlo's in Monaco. What's the difference?
10: Yes. Actually, even though the whole place is so naturally beautiful, I think Monte Carlo or Monaco, wherever you call it is not so pretty it's very very built up and people are well i'll probably get into trouble but they're very rich but they're very miserable well they're not all miserable are they well i don't know i mean you know uh, uh, a comb costs 999 pounds
1: <laughs> know, that'd, that'd make you miserable <laughs> wouldn't it that, <laughs> but, that would pretty much make you miserable
10: but, uh, you know and i don't think i would like to live live there.
1: Okay, now you've alluded to the fact that you t- you take the train from Paris. You take the train from Paris uh, uh, along the coast, eventually you get to Marseille and you carry on going east and eventually you come to Nice mm-hmm. and the Quasette and it's mm-hmm. all very beautiful. Mm-hmm. And yesterday I was asked to ask you a question by somebody we both know. And he said... Um, I hear Celia's coming on your show tomorrow. So I said, yes, that's correct. He said, there's only one question you need to ask her. Mm-hmm. Celia, the question I was asked to ask you... Go on. ...was, this chap said, just ask her, because you're in, you're in a bigger US series, aren't you? I moment? am, okay. Better Things, yes, okay, better season things.
10: four coming along.
1: OK, and that's ongoing, and it's a big yep. global hit. Okay? Yep. And that's filmed in Los Angeles. It is. OK, and he said, just ask her how she gets to Los Angeles, because it's amazing.
10: What, the way I get there? Yeah, Well, the way I get there is I jump onto the Queen Mary 2 in Southampton. I go across on the ship, the glorious ship, to New York. And then I go across from New York to Los Angeles on the train three days this
1: all suggests to me that you you don't like flying
10: <laughs> sort of does
1: wow what yes. a cool way to go you are a, i mean i've always thought you one of the coolest cats that's come out really? of the bag well of course oh my god everybody says that about you anyhow but you get cooler with it more we find out about you as the layers get stripped off one by one
10: well my manager said that i'm the most um uh, uh what was it El- elegant hustler uh, they'd ever met. Really? So that's good. Uh,
1: Celia's book, A Nice Cup of Tea, it's the third in a third book in a trilogy, but you don't have to read the first two because Rachel hasn't and she's loving the third.
10: I know, isn't that good? Yeah. No. C-
1: could uh, you buy the third, like it so much you can go back to one and two? Why
10: not? Would that make sense? I think that makes absolute sense. <laughs> for yes. you
1: it makes real sense, okay. <laughs> Celia, thank you for being here. The
6: best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio.
0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
3: Scotland's first astronaut, the Virgin Galactic pilot, Dave Mackay, is our sports guest this morning. Thank you for coming into the sports locker, Dave. Thank you for having me here. Such a thrill to meet you. And I tell you what, I, I really wanted to meet you. And I really wanted to talk about this, and I was trying to think of a way to persuade Chris that it's, it's, this has anything to do with sport. And this is how I've this is, how, well, this is what I've come up with. So work with me, please. I'm intrigued. Okay, we've just had a, a very exciting title race. And the new space race, so from the title race, Liverpool and Man City, to the space race, because Virgin Galactic, you've got a couple of rivals up there with, this is who's
11: going to take commercial passengers into space first. So where are we with this? Uh, well, uh, that's, uh, yeah, we're, uh, we're not really in a race uh, unless we win it, of course. Um, but uh, yeah, we're... Um our last flight was uh, highly successful uh, we had a we had uh, a person in the back for the first time uh, so we flew into space and we allowed that person our chief astronaut instructor beth moses to unstrap and float around in the cabin and evaluate the customer experience and that was highly su- successful so we've done full uh, shooting match if you like and uh, and so now we are installing the full commercial cabin and getting ready for those uh, the the rest of the test program followed by commercial flights into space. What does it look like inside? Uh, Well at the moment it's uh, it's a shell with this uh, new commercial interior being installed, but uh, it's going to have uh, up to six seats, uh, six customer seats. Uh, I can't give away all of the details of the interior because that's a that's a big reveal to the customers when we when they first see it. Uh, but it's going to look very spacey.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like spacey. That's yeah, cool. I like spacey. How what did Beth think of a trip?
11: Uh, She loved it. Uh, You know, there's a saying in aviation, uh, amongst pilots at least, that uh, the best seats in the house are are the pilot seats because they have all the view out front and everything. But actually, on this flight for the first time, I thought that actually she's got the best seat because she was, she was the only person we had back there and she's got 12 windows back there and she's allowed to unstrap and experience this amazing sensation of zero-G floating around there upside down, hanging onto the ceiling and doing all sorts of wacky things. So, yeah, she, she loved it and she was very impressed. You, along with absolutely everyone else, when you were a kid, presumably thought,
3: I'd like to be an astronaut. But there's only, well, there's only you and Tim Peake, basically, who've achieved it. How do you become? Helen Sharman. Helen Sharman. Yeah, and team. Helen yeah. Sharman. How do you become an astronaut?
11: Uh, you work hard, yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, and there's a bit of luck as well. But uh, you know, I um, I had this dream as a kid. Uh, you know, I went, I, I watched the Apollo program uh, as a as a young kid, and found out that those uh, Apollo astronauts were former military test pilots. So that was my career path. I joined the military, flew in the RAF, uh, became a test pilot and uh, just tried hard to get into uh, space flying. You know, I applied for the Juno mission back in 1991, but I I, I didn't even get past the first round. What but, did you uh, do wrong? What did you get wrong? I, I don't know. Maybe I just uh, didn't fill in the application form <laughs> properly. I oh, you know. need to talk
1: to him about that. Yeah. He forgot <laughs> to en- enter the London Marathon. Yeah. Oh, really? There you go. Yeah. and he works for them. It's, <laughs> it was terribly embarrassing.
11: But, uh, you know, Helen Sharman was was a great ambassador for the UK there. She did a great and job. She
1: still does talks, doesn't she? She goes around she doing does, these amazing, yeah. inspiring talks for school kids uh, Absolutely.
11: Yeah, she does a great job. Yeah. Um, anyway, I, I didn't lose heart. But, uh, I, you know, I eventually came to the conclusion that it wasn't going to happen for somebody in the UK. And uh, so I left the military, I joined Virgin Atlantic, and then lo and behold, through Virgin Atlantic, got into Virgin Galactic. So,
3: And when you're up there, when you're up there in space, forget the zero G, what are you seeing? And is what you see, does it, does it change you? as much as I think it probably would.
11: Yeah, I think it, you know, it's, we've all seen pictures of the Earth from space and, you know, you get the black sky and the bright air surface, but in reality, it's much more intense than that. You know, the sky is a very dense matte black, which is might sound a bit odd, but it's really, really black, and uh, one of the things that struck me right from the start of these test, these test flights, when we started going to higher and higher altitude, is how bright the surface of the Earth is. And so the human eye is able to capture that range of brightness in a way that a camera doesn't seem to be able to do. And uh, and then there's this, uh, you know, the atmosphere is just stunningly beautiful. Um, you know, on that last flight I saw this uh, beautiful band of cyan blue with other pencil-thin lines above and below it. Very, very, very thin, you know, it's shockingly thin really when you see it. Um, but this beautiful three-dimensional view of this dense black space and this very bright uh, planet surface separated by this beautiful band of the atmosphere and... Uh, and it's just uh it's just absolutely stunning. It yeah.
3: Go on then. While you were up there, while you had this view, what did you
11: choose to do? Uh <laughs> <laughs> Yes, well we happen to have a couple of uh, Chris's uh, books with us. You and, are uh, having a laugh. Yeah, and uh, yeah they were you know whilst we had nothing to do you can see how well thumbed they are you know so, so uh, you actually read them <laughs> <laughs> I you didn't to forget
1: honest. to take it to any toilet tissue <laughs> with you did you sir?
11: <laughs> uh, lots of people uh, as you can see from the city of these books lots of people have read them I I didn't actually have time to read them in space I'm afraid okay. Chris well so. I
1: can read them too if you want to stick around for a I while
11: that would be good okay. actually yeah you can tell he's an astronaut by
1: the way because he's got five people with him and yeah. astronauts have a minimum oh. of five people mm. with them
11: I didn't even notice you were all in here yeah, uh, how, yeah I'm the yeah. Yeah,
1: and he's always got a union flag on his person just in case he, he comes across a <laughs> yeah. new planet okay great to talk to you great thank to you, listen Dave. to you so
11: I, I also just uh, quickly I also took this I know you're a petrol head so I've got a key ring here which has also been in space uh, for one of your cars you might need that no I there do I'm going to change
1: go. my ke- car keys over to this one right now <laughs> lovely to meet you good luck thank you stay Dave. safe Thank you. Thanks. fly safe the
6: best of the Chris Evans breakfast show with Sky on Virgin Radio
2: we have another guest please now up to you Dapper Day. he can pot balls with his right hand, he can pot balls with his left hand. <laughs> now he's turned both his hands to the world of cooking with a new recipe book, Top of Your Game. Please welcome five time world champion, seven time UK champion, and current world number one. It's the rocket himself, Ronnie O'Sullivan. Yes, hey, Ronnie. Ronnie. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good.
1: Yeah, right. Tell us about the journey from the bays to the kitchen,
7: please. Right, um, just a quick one. Uh, I always had a problem with my weight, I was always a fatty. Right. Um, so I kind of used to try and sweat it off in a gym, right. go running, and it was like for a month I'd be flying and then I'd go back to my old ways. And then I got into the running club when I was about 28, 29, and got into long distance running, and I just lost all this weight and I thought I'd get the the running high, I can eat what I like, I can carry on eating like, yeah, yeah, loads yeah. of food, yeah, and yeah. I was slim, so I thought, happy days. Yep. Then I got loads of injuries from running, so I couldn't run as much. Then started putting the weight back on. I thought, Oh no, I'm gonna go, be again. like, you know, overweight person. So I always had a problem with my weight yep. and still have. So I'm kinda of a bit conscious of not trying to put it on and
1: I didn't know any of this. Like, yeah. I, I always thought tell you, I, I always thought you looked particularly skinny.
7: Yeah, because I run so much. I so I'd run that. 40 miles a week and do loads of races. So you needed to put loads of food in. I'd eat all right, but I'd eat so much of it. I mean, I, I stayed with my mate for five days. And in the end, he said I was sick with trying to keep up with the amount of food you eat. Right. Because I was burning it off. I was running six miles every morning in the gym. Yep. And he was just thinking, well, I'll eat when Ronnie eats. Okay. <laughs> and he nearly... Oh, his guts were, like, in bits.
1: So so then you met a nutritionist... Yeah. ...who was, like, the the genius, far as you Well... Like, oh, my goodness.
7: Yeah, me. she kind of went, well, look, you know, tell me what you eat, and I showed her what I eat, and she was like, you are just eating four, three, four times the amount you need to eat. Right. Um, so she kind of gave me this eating plan, and I went away for two months, done it, carried on doing a little bit of training, didn't change anything in my life, and I lost about a stone and a half. Right. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this is... Per-. So uh, it was then when I made the thing between eating sensible to and and trying to like you don't have to train like a madman or madwoman to kind of stay in shape
1: how old were you and where was it when you won
7: your first snooker tournament uh, I was what well, as a professional yeah, no just, just the first tournament you ever won uh, I was about 10 I think I won a junior tournament <laughs> right where was that Ilford
1: so did you think when you won that tournament at yeah. age 10, you would be bringing out a cookbook? one No. Day? no. <laughs> and then going on live telly and cooking this one. No, morning? I
7: didn't think I'd be doing that uh, two years ago. I like really? to cook. You know, I'm not, you know, I, you know, I lived on my own for three years and my mate was like, well, let's I come around your house, we cooked in. I thought, oh, I've never cooked in my life. Right. And we used to do it two or three times a week. And he taught me to cook, and he was a brilliant cook. And I just got into it. It was a bit like come dine with me. So it was like making home a home, and I enjoyed it. And um, and I learned, you know, to go from not being able to cook nothing to be able to just cook for myself well you don't want to dread meal times you want to look forward to them especially if you're a foodie which is why you're overweight in the first place yeah but I think once you start to change what you eat after a while your taste buds change and you start to like the food you eat you know if you're eating Snickers every day then you know a a bit of Greek yogurt with a little bit of honey probably ain't going to cut it but if you drop the Snickers for a month, <laughs> six weeks, and you, and you do your own yogurt, a bit of honey, and put a few bits and pieces in there, a few strawberries and berries, after six weeks, you go, no, it actually tastes quite nice. You'll be sick of the Snickers because the you kind s- it's too much. It's just too much, you know. Yeah. And this Western world, we are just, everything's about too much. It's, we too, it's too
1: convenient. We're overconvenient. We're overcomforted. Yeah, I think and, so. And, uh, you know, we have literally have to run our problems off, don't we? Because no. our brains can't stop being addicted mm. to basically everything. Mm. I mean, you
3: were quite big at one point, weren't you, Vasos? Yeah, I mean, I started running. I started running to lose a bit of a gut. Yeah. And well, I, what's the heaviest you've ever been? So I'm seventy kilos now. I guess I would have been eighty. Eighty.
1: Eighty. So it's, Eighty-five. It's not that big, is it, really? But it's big for you now. You couldn't imagine that. Well, you wouldn't want to wake up tomorrow being a bit that way anymore.
3: No. It was. The, yeah. It was the running thing for me. And then when you start running, Ronnie, you'll know this. Mm. You start wanting to eat healthier. Yeah. And it's a kind of virtuous circle,
7: is not it? Yeah. It? Yeah. But for some people, they don't run. They don't train. And I, I, I realized that you don't have to do that if you eat a good set balanced diet you don't have to do all that and you can still have a good body shape so that was the that was the full picture for me whereas before i used to try and out train a bad diet and it worked because i trained very hard
1: that's a very common thing isn't it and then what happens a lot of because a lot of people you know they sign up for a a half marathon or a marathon it's a big deal in their life and it's it's their big challenge and good Mm. for them you know yeah but once they've climbed that particular mountain they then maybe back off but in their mind they're still training. But they're, mm. And then they carry on eating like you did and yeah. then it all goes pear-shaped.
7: Uh, how, how heavy did you get to, Ronnie? To get uh, I, one stage I got to about 16 stone. 16 stone. And then my lightest I got down to was 11 and a half when I was running a lot. But now I'm about... 13. Well, Ronnie, yeah. lovely to meet you. Well
2: done. Yeah, Congratulations. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Our next guest has transformed himself from an insomnia-suffering music industry exec to a centred and peaceful meditation guru. He uses Jimi Hendrix, Massive Attack, and Radiohead as session soundtracks, so you know he's good. Please welcome the mellow master of musical meditation and author of The Effortless Mind, Will Williams. Morning, Will.
12: Good morning. So,
1: meditation for you started in India. Well, it didn't start in India, but it really started stepped up again when you went to India with your girlfriend over a decade ago now tell us briefly about that if you don't mind
12: yeah sure so the meditation had helped me overcome the insomnia and all these wonderful things started unfolding so I just got curious and we just bought a one-way ticket to India and wandered around and we were lucky that we met all these amazing masters early on so then we had like a backstage pass to all the big shots.
1: And so your meditation, the one that you like, and you, I know you know lots about, about lots of them, um, yes. is bija meditation and it's sound meditation. Yes. And you can diagnose us with the sound and then what happens is we internalize that sound for 20 minutes a day in the morning or 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes a night and it will change your life. Now I am, I, I'm on board. I'm totally on board. Okay. So how do you diagnose each individual with their bespoke sound? How does that work?
12: Well, that's what I had to go through three years of training to be able to do. Um, but, you can do it methodically if you wish, but it's actually much more powerful when you develop the ability to be able to do it intuitively. So I need to spend one or two minutes with someone, <laughs> and then I know what their sound is. So I'm already figuring yours out, and I think I've I've got it. Okay,
1: I love it. So so when you say you're figuring it out, is it what are you feeling? You're feeling my energy. You're looking at my demeanor. Are you looking at my body language. What what are you feeling? What are you sensing?
12: All of that can go into the pot. So. The feeling layer is the most powerful one, but I will also be using certain aspects of your mannerisms and your physiological appearance to be able to kind of cross-reference.
1: Now, uh, I've read your book, as I say. Uh, To be honest, I've read half of it, and I'm going to read the other half tonight. And by the way, we could talk... talk up to halfway and then maybe come back again and we could talk about the other half. If you Wonderful.
12: Like. That sounds great.
1: And uh, each, each chapter is a testament from somebody you have helped. And basically um, it's a, it's a, it's a case study. So somebody comes to you with an issue um, and with doubt or with belief, or, or some, you know, it's from some uh, disposition in between, and they they then tell us uh, what they brought to you, what you did for them, and how much it has fixed them, and it's pretty much comprehensively. I mean, it is like an advert for what you do for a living, but that's okay because that's what happens in the life uh, road less travel and things like that. That that's all fine, but you help them in different ways, and so you can help with addiction, you can help with um, sleeping, uh, you can help here uh, with anger and uh, uh, coping with anxiety and depression and your digestion because that's so important huge and and it's it a one fix shop yeah so this will sort you so once you have your own sound once you've told us what our sound is yeah then how do you have various um singing bowls or do you have various gongs how do you how do you how do we hear our sound once you diagnose what it is oh
12: so i transmit it to you verbally oh because that way then You can you can replicate it in your own mind. So, so I do the best job I can to replicate these very powerful sounds. Right. I whisper it into your ear and then you just start repeating it in your mind and then you're, you're off.
1: I can't get my head around how one sound can do all this for you, but I do believe you. Can you just tell me a bit more about of how course. it works?
12: So if you are using a sound which resonates with your nervous system in the most optimal way immediately the whole nervous system starts calming down right and the amygdala in your brain which is the alarm system calms down the prefrontal cortex which is your most valuable bit of kit starts balancing out in Mm. its activation and from there all of those problems that stem from you being in this imbalanced state of activation just start melting away because now you're in balance it's it's actually super simple rather than dealing with everything at a symptom level just go straight to the root
1: Uh, what do we do next on the radio What am I gonna do now? What do we do now? How do do we take this further?
12: Um, Well, I mean, (laughs) if your audience want a guided meditation, I'm very happy to provide one of those.
1: But what could you do for us here now, for us three here now? (laughs)
12: How long have you got?
1: No, well, we you know, we've got as long, as long or as little as, as you need or would like. But if we were, if we were coming for a consultation, so yeah, that's right. yeah. the, the perfect thing you would do for us, would be a three-day three um, uh, time window, yeah. but we don't have to spend all three days with you. There'd be seven hours within those three days. Exactly. And what happens within those seven hours?
12: So the first hour is getting you rocking and rolling with your new sound and get you into this new deep sound place. Sound. And then next couple of days is two or three hours each helping you understand how to make use of it so that you can actually go out there and smash life. So how different
1: might be the message, if you like, uh, that you tell me as opposed to
12: the one you might tell Vassos or, or uh, impart to Rachel? Well, all three of you would have a different sound, that's for sure. How different I... might they be? Um, these guys are more similar to you than yours. Yours is actually very different to these guys.
1: Oh, no. Is that is that bad news for me?
12: No, no, no. It's good.
1: <laughs> you Honestly... That's, that's so unfair. The
6: best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky Virgin Radio.
1: Dapper Dave, over to you,
2: who's sitting opposite us now, who's about to be live on the radio. Looking down the CVs of our next guests is like reading a wine menu in a fancy restaurant full of classics, sophistication and class. Now starring in the exceptional new Sky Original Series, Chernobyl, please welcome real acting royalty. It's Emily Watson and Jared Harris. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Welcome, Good morning.
1: welcome. How does it feel to be in the best TV show in the world, ever.
13: Well, that's very, very nice of you. Thank you. It feels good. It's a great show. It's, a, yeah.
1: So we're talking about Chernobyl. Um, it's just, It's an astounding thing to watch. What was it like to, to be in, first of all, Emily?
13: Well, reading the scripts was an astonishing thing, just, you know, you know apart from from anything else before we'd even started. Absolute page-turning horror. Really? Um, and a lot of stuff that I, you know, it's a subject that I thought I knew and I didn't, and I didn't know the depth and the depravity of it, and the scandal of it, um, I mean, you've only seen two episodes. There's an awful lot more to be revealed about um, how, what, stuff that's really, really shocking. Um, but it was also an, an incredible team. Jared was already attached and Stellan Skarsgård, who's... Br- I mean, you're all
1: brilliant, in it? Fabulous. He, he's, yeah. he's, Stellan Skarsgård plays... His character... Did, did his character really exist? Did yeah. that yes. chap really exist in yes. life? Because yours is made... Yours is, You're a sort of yes. cornucopia of, of different characters. Yes, I'm in
13: a sort of tribute to a lot of the scientists who... Which who is a very work. clever
1: thing to do, isn't it? That's a very clever character to come up with amongst all the people that did actually exist. The
13: writer has the most amazing brain, doesn't he? He does, yeah.
1: But but Stellan's character, because he, he's, a, he's a, such, such a nasty baddie uh, when you first <laughs> meet him but within one episode he, he becomes very vulnerable doesn't he yeah he switches he does yeah switch. thanks to your character so describe your character your character also I, existed
14: yes i play a real person his name is valerie legasov he was the a nucleus uh, physicist a scientist who was given the job of going down there and figuring out what had happened and then once they realized that it was the worst case scenario trying to figure out how to fix the situation
1: the attention to detail the production values are unsurpassed i think you know uh, other than perhaps in sci-fi and this isn't sci-fi this is reality uh, so pripyat looks like pripyat where
14: was your pripyat we were in lithuania and we shot in vilnius lithuania for f- five months and then we were was it, uh, two weeks in, in the ukraine yeah in uh, in kiev and while we were there putin was shelling the eastern part of the country uh, and, and then we shot for one week at a, uh, a decommissioned nuclear power plant in Ignalina, which is an exact uh, replica. Uh, it's the same model, same design as the Chernobyl uh, uh, nuclear power plant. OK, so w- what is the status of Chernobyl now, Jared? Uh, right now it is under a containment structure that will be um, it, good for the next 100 years. Uh, then they'll have to rebuild it. Um, and what does
1: that structure look like? Is it like a cover, like a, a massive cloth yeah, or it's something?
14: A, it's a giant um, sarcophagus. sarcophagus that they've built over it. It's a sort of in the shape of a. Uh, it's like a sort of uh, tea cosy. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, but it, but yes, it. They has to be re- rebuilt in a hundred years time from now because it'll have degraded. the The site itself is is going to be active. It's going to be spewing out radiation. Um for the next twenty five thousand years at its most potent level. So it's Which it's, is over four thousand, whatever it was, is uh, was what it? it was sixteen, seventeen thousand Ronkin, it was it? Yeah. Okay. Um, so they, th- they thought it was three point seven at yeah. first, and it ended up at sixteen thousand. Yes, and
13: then in fifty thousand years, it will eventually be safe.
1: Yeah, okay, but it could have been a whole lot worse. Uh, it could have been a lot worse.
13: How yeah. did the writer?
1: How did the writer? How how aware? How accurate are those conversations that take place around uh, the, the communist leaders' t- table? Uh, you know, um, with President Gorbachev at one
14: end and uh, some various experts on either side. Um, I, well, I know that he. One of the things that Craig was very concerned with was to to be as accurate as possible. Obviously, he has time constraints because it's a five-hour story, and this, the whole thing—the events take place over a two-year period. So, um, but uh, yeah, he. I mean, they are as accurate as they possibly can be. So. Being in something so good, and you've
1: both been in brilliant things before, of course you haven't, you know, there's no need, uh, nor nor should we even think about comparing this this job (laughs) to other jobs. But what's it like when you're in a job like this? What has the reaction from your friends been in the business, from your peers, uh, from your family? What is it like to be in something that is this
13: good? I get texts from my sister. who lives in the States. And that's a big deal. That, is, that means it's really good. That means it's good. We've, always got one of, we've all got one of those. Remember when I ran my first
1: marathon? My mum found me, yeah. me up. She never phoned me up. She phoned me up before I got up. She said, well done, <laughs> <laughs> Just talking about it. That makes me well up. It's like, all right. That,
14: that, that must have been worth doing then. Um, what about you, Jared? Uh Haven't heard from the brothers yet. No. Uh, oh. My mum lo- was loving it. Um, I saw her last night. Um... Yeah, I mean, you know, it, uh, you get good responses from friends and it's basically, uh, from my point of view, you're just hoping that there's a there's a really interesting job comes along but within the next couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> That's really where my mind is. I'm just <laughs> looking forward going, suppose, well, what's going to happen next?
6: The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio.
1: Thank you so much for listening to this, the podcast of the Virgin Radio Breakfast Show. Don't forget, you can subscribe and get it every week from wherever you get your podcast and you will never miss the weekly run of all the best bits from our Virgin Radio Breakfast show with Sky.